Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. 
That's 800-747-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. All right, welcome. Zazlo Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 29th of March. Good to have you aboard. We are a Blue Wire podcast. However you listen to the show, make sure you like, you rate, you comment. You do all that good stuff. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone about your boy's Number one show here, all right? Zaslow Show 2.0. Love having you guys on board with us. Thank you so much. And of course, everything Zaslow Show 2.0 is presented by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Hey, we got a lot going on here today. We are just, what are we talking about? Three sleeps away from the Miami Hurricanes in the Final Four. Also want to make sure, hey, 
three sleeps away from FAU. FAU in the Final Four. First FAU at, what, 6.09, and then UM 8.49. Yo, WrestleMania, this is WrestleMania week. Oh, my God. What? And I told you, I got a major conflict on Saturday. I, I, I told, big TV, small TV, Zaslow Mansion, family room. I told you the way the setup's going to be, all right? FAU's going to be small. Well, WrestleMania starts at 8. I'll, I'll be able to watch first half FAU big TV. Then we got to do the old switcheroo. FAU second half will be small TV. UM first half, I think, will also be small TV. And then we're going to, and then UM is going to get the big TV. I'm going to hit the pause button on WrestleMania. And I will finish WrestleMania night one after the Canes beat UConn. So speaking of Canes and UConn, you know, yesterday we talked to Jack McClinton, probably my all-time favorite Miami Hurricane Hoops player. Darius Rice is going to join us today on the show. Now, everyone's getting those old Darius Rice memories. UConn 2003, one of the first games ever at what was then called the Convocation Center on the campus there in Coral Gables. Darius Rice, 43 points including an improbable game-winning three after an inbounds pass. After a steal by Rice, he ran back to that three-point line to win the game. Boom! Canes win by one, 77-76. I'm sure he's getting bombarded with all kinds of messages this week considering it's UConn. He's also made it known on his social media he hates UConn. You know, you got the Heat and the Knicks tonight, and the Heat were pathetic as hell last night against Toronto. The way that the Heat fan hates the Knicks, Darius Rice, he hates UConn. So I'm pumped to bring Darius Rice onto the program for you young Canes fans. You know, Darius played for the Canes from 01 to 04. Like, you don't know, this this is one of those building block guys, all right? One of those guys who was in the program at the very beginning, all right? Perry Clark. Okay, so, and I'm going to have to mention this to him. So yesterday, I think Darius deleted the tweets actually, but yesterday, and I don't know what got into him yesterday that got him, I guess, you know, started about it, but Darius did not like playing for Coach Perry Clark. Perry Clark's the one who replaced Leonard Hamilton, I think in 99. So anyway, and you can't blame Leonard for leaving. I love Coach Leonard, right? And and no, it's funny how, because it happened around the same time, Leonard Hamilton had the Hurricanes basketball team cooking, heading in the right direction. They had a tournament appearance, what, like 96 maybe it was? And, you know, that a Tim James team. Leonard Hamilton left UM Hoops. Butch Davis around the same time. Butch Davis was, I guess, a year later, I think, left for the NFL. Canes fan was always mad at Butch Davis. I don't think the Canes fan was ever mad at Leonard Hamilton. And... From what I can gather, the major difference being... Well, one difference is the Canes fan cares a lot more about football and a football team that was on the cusp of a national title and did win a national title the year after Butch left compared to basketball, which the Canes fan does not care. Now, we already went over the difference between a Miami Hurricanes fan and a University of Miami fan. A University of Miami fan cares about all the sports. Cares about the school. A Miami Hurricanes fan may just care about the football program. So anyway, I think also the big difference is, well, I know the big difference is, Butch Davis wasn't really forthright. He kind of lied about the whole scenario and then up, you know, said he wasn't leaving and then he up and left. And with Leonard, 
Michael Jordan called and offered him millions of dollars to go to the NBA. You got to do it. I don't think anyone ever faulted Leonard. Butch Davis, though, wasn't exactly forthcoming. So that was the difference between the two. But anyway, so I'm going to have to bring this up to Darius when we get him on the show here. My friends and I, and those Perry Clark years were not. I mean, you look record-wise, those first couple years, there was some success. Took them to the, I think Perry Clark's Canes teams went to the tournament twice, including once with Darius Rice. But Perry Clark stunk. And my friends and I have had a running joke for about 20 years now. And my friends are huge University of Miami fans, meaning they care about the program. They care about all the sports teams. And they're huge Canes Hoops fans. And we've had a running joke for 20 years now that the Canes used to play in all these preseason tournaments in places like Vegas solely so Perry Clark can spend the entire night at the craps table. That, that's been a running joke for us. Well, if you saw Darius's Twitter feed yesterday, I mean, he... He was going after Perry Clark. I think maybe some Canes fans were talking shit to Darius, which, which is ridiculous. If you don't remember, he was awesome. He was so much fun to watch. T didn't go anywhere, made the tournament once, lost in the first round that year. What was it? In 2002, I believe it was, to Missouri. So I, I think then he started talking about, you know, Perry Clark and the things he was saying there on Twitter confirms this running joke that my friends and I have had that Perry Clark was just about partying and not working hard. So I'm going to have to find a way to bring that up to Darius, who I've never spoken to before. At least like we had Jack McClinton on yesterday. I've spoken to Jack several times. I've never met, I've never spoken to Darius Rice. So we're going to get Darius on today. I'm super pumped to talk to him. That's going to be a lot of fun. Three sleeps away from the Final Four. Tonight, you got the Heat and the Knicks. Okay. All right. Last night, though. Oh, and by the way, we're going to talk to MSG and ESPN 98.7 New York. Barton Hahn. We're going to talk to Alan Hahn on the show today. We're going to do some Knicks with him. The Knicks are good. I, I mean, I was on that, that Blue Wire podcast, Knicks Film School, last week, right? Ahead of the game that the Heat won last week against the Knicks. So, and, and I told them, and, you know, Knicks are good. You're... You sound like a dopey Heat fan if you say, oh, Knicks suck. They don't suck. Knicks are good. And you certainly can't feel good about tonight. Not just that it's the second night of a back-to-back, but the Heat have been playing shit basketball. Except for that Knicks game last week. And you never know what to expect of this Heat team. I said this going into the game yesterday, where I I don't feel good about either one of these games. The Toronto game, the Heat love playing down to their competition. And they will also play up to their competition. The Heat can lose to anyone, and they can beat anyone. We've seen it all season. So, if you think you know what to expect out of this Heat team tonight, you're a liar. All right? You're lying, everybody. You have no idea. Last night, though, the Heat are up 10 early on, like 14 to 4. And from that point on, game was a disaster. It was a, it was a pathetic performance last night from the Heat. Honestly, they got down by 9, I think it was, in the second quarter. And I literally said, they're losing this game by 25. Now, they ended up losing by 14. But at that point, they were down nine. You knew it was over. It was, and I understand there's no Jimmy Butler. They didn't win games without Jimmy Butler. But defensively, it was so pathetic. You know, a Raptor team, I don't think the Raptors are good from three. 
And the Raptors weren't good from three last night. They were eight for 36. Terrible. But the Heat, that interior defense last night, they allowed 62 points in the paint. I mean, what the heck? Like, 62 points in the paint for a team that is not shooting the three well. You're going to allow 62 points in the paint? That's an effort thing. And it really seems like this Heat team, it's one of those deals where they're just ready for the playoffs to start. Except that kind of performance would tell you that. Except we've had this kind of effort far too often this season. That was a pathetic performance last night from everyone not called Tyler Hero. And at least at times, like, okay, you know, Bam's given the effort at times last night. So I don't want to say Bam's not trying. It's not, that's not in his makeup to not be trying. But everyone outside of, I mean, Bam at 21 and 12 last night. Hero at 33. Hero was awesome. A lot of Bam's points were kind of garbage time points too, fourth quarter. But far too often this season, you know, yes, your big guys, and they know Jimmy last night, your big guys are going to have to do the heavy lifting. Okay. But there's four, and, you know, essentially the Heat's big guys did the heavy lifting last night, although Bam did not have a good game. But far too often, it's not that the Heat get, they don't get enough support from their secondary players. Far too often they get nothing from their secondary players. Kevin Love, nothing. Kyle Lowry, nothing. Gabe Vincent, nothing. Victor Oladipo, nothing. Far too often, Max Struess, nothing. Far too often, they just get nothing from the supporting cast. And last night was one of those nights where outside a hero and a little bit of bam, they just got nothing from everyone else. And so it's one thing for, you know, to be like, all right, we're at the end of March. Let's get to the playoffs. But it kind of feels like this is how the whole season's been. And by the way, if you want to look at the standings right now, so we know that he blew it a week and a half ago when they lost to Brooklyn. They're now a game back of Brooklyn in the loss column, and they don't own the tiebreak with Brooklyn. First tiebreak's head-to-head. In a three-way tiebreak, the first tiebreak is division. So, like, if the Heat, Nets, and Knicks were all tied together, the Heat would own the tiebreak because they're going to win their division. But if the Heat finish head-to-head tied with just Brooklyn, Nets win that tiebreak. They swept the season series 3-0. So the Heat are really two back of the Nets right now, not one back. But look below you, the Heat are only two up on Toronto. If t- and, and, and forget about Toronto jumping you. Toronto and Atlanta have the same record. I've been telling you, I'm not afraid of the Heat being seven. I'm not afraid of the play-in because then you get two games, two home games to win one. Especially because if you face Atlanta in that play-in, that team sucks. And the Heat own Trey Young. But if the Raptors, who have the same record as the Hawks right now, if they actually jump to number eight, so I guess between Atlanta and Toronto, Atlanta must have the tiebreak. But Toronto can easily finish eight. And then if you get Miami hosting Toronto in that first play-in game, Toronto can beat the Heat. Toronto always plays us well. Toronto's a very difficult matchup for us. So then all of a sudden, you're hosting a play-in game do or die against what would be the winner of Atlanta or Chicago. 
Now, I'm not afraid of either one of those teams, but do you want to be in the do-or-die game? It's one thing to be seven. You have two chances at home to win one. But then if you find yourself in the do-or-die game, you don't want that. Well, that's the scenario the Heat possibly face right now. And tonight against the Knicks, and and so, so Jimmy didn't play last night. I'll never understand it. Jimmy couldn't have given 15 minutes last night. The Heat were down, I believe, six at halftime. Jimmy couldn't have played 15 minutes in the second half last night. What happens? I mean, I know it's a back-to-back, so the Heat are, are looking at it. And, and this, isn't, this isn't just the Heat. The Heat actually do it. They don't do it very often. But they clearly looked at it like, all right, let's, let's, let's give Jimmy an extra day. And that game against New York's bigger. All these games are big. The Heat need all these games. The Heat aren't good enough to sit, guys. They need playoff Jimmy. And I, just the whole minutes thing. Jimmy couldn't have given 15 minutes in the second half last night, down by six. I don't get that. And then where, you know, after the first quarter, you get the coach's interview. So they're interviewing Eric. Jared Greenberg's talking to Eric Spolstra after the first quarter. He are down by one, I think. And, and Jared Greenberg there mentions how they tried to get Kyle Lowry in the game. Kyle Lowry last night, back in Toronto, hopefully for the last time ever in a Miami Heat uniform back in Toronto. But he's back in Toronto there last night. Couldn't get him in the first quarter. Like, he was sitting at the scores table for like a couple minutes. Couldn't get him in. So Jared Greenberg very astutely, you know, brings it up to him. Hey, that probably affords you now some extra minutes for Kyle to play with the rest of the game since you couldn't get him in there in the first quarter because he's obviously on a minutes restriction. And and Spolstra, like, confirmed that, yes, that, that is the case. Now we got those extra minutes that we use for Kyle somewhere else throughout the game. And it's like... That's how important two minutes are? Two minutes. I just, what if in those two minutes, it's just a lot of standing around? I, the the, the action, it's just, it's moving really slow in those two minutes. I just, I I don't understand such a strict, I don't understand such a strict minutes restriction. What if they're not a high leverage two minutes? What if they're a really relaxed two minutes? I just, I don't get it. So now there's an extra two minutes throughout the game. Now, not that I want to see Kyle Lowry more. I don't. But I just, the, the, the whole not playing guys, the load management, the minutes restrictions, the whole thing is pathetic to me. I just, I, I don't get it. The Heat need to win games. They need to win games. But that was a pathetic effort last night. Can they win tonight in New York? Definitely. They could also get smoked. You, you have no idea. What's going on with the C team? There's no, there's no way. No way to tell. Alan Hahn's going to join us coming up in a few minutes here. Well, and then later on, we're going to get to Darius Rice. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Talk about the Canes Final Four with one of the all-time great UM basketball players, Darius Rice. If you don't know, better call somebody. All right, big-time score back when he was playing in the early 2000s, Darius Rice. He was a lot of fun. He was on those UM teams with my pal James Jones. That's right. That's right. There you go. All right. Hey. Before we continue here, I got to tell you about my guys, the Greensteins, at Water Cleanup of Florida, all right? If you have a water leak in your home, you don't know where it's coming from, call or text Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. You need to take care of that immediately, all right? And with over 60 years of combined experience at Water Cleanup of Florida, they're going to handle all types of leak detection, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak is then located and repaired, they're not done. 
water cleanup of Florida. They're going to clean, they're going to dry, they're going to fully restore the damaged areas. So you don't have to make a bunch of calls. You don't have to bring in a general contractor. They're handling all of that, licensed and insured. If it's your home, if it's your business, this needs to be taken care of lickety-split. Water cleanup of Florida serving Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach County. Call or text 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 954-900-8635. You can go to WCUFL.com as well. But 954-900-8635. Call or text. Get a hold of them right away. You can also check out. They have more than 80 five-star reviews on Google. Water cleanup of Florida. We clean up your schmutz. So... Before we get to Alan Hahn, and we'll do some NBA with him, we'll do Heat Knicks. <coughs> NFL owners meetings have been going on the last couple days. And you got a couple of rules changes, I guess, but I, I was I was actually I was probably more interested in the in, in the rules that weren't changed. So let's start with a couple changes that they made. Number one, players are allowed to wear number zero now. I don't know why that was a big deal. Is zero even a number? I feel like some people say zero is not a number. If it's not a number, what is it then? I don't know. Anyway, players are allowed to wear zero in the NFL now. They previously were not. <coughs> or maybe it was banned for a while. Excuse me. Here's the one that's getting a lot of attention as far as the changes go. Thursday night games. Now, there's talk about flexing Thursday night games. That got tabled, I guess, to a later time, to another year. They're not going to flex Thursday night games. And I think it was I think it was the Giants. I think it was Mara who came out strongly against that. And you like this that every once in a while you got teams who care about fans. And he made the point. You got people who look in the NFL, there's only you only got 17 games. You have 8 or 9 road games and a lot of times you'll schedule you know a trip Months in advance, oh cool, the Dolphins are playing at, I don't know, they're playing at Tennessee, Nashville, that's fun, let's go. And he made the point, you got fans who make arrangements, airplane tickets, hotel, and now all of a sudden, 15 days before the game, you're telling them the game that was going to be Sunday at 1pm that you planned a trip around, it's now Thursday night. And that's, I'm so glad somebody is pretending like they care about fans, so... They're tabling that discussion about flexing Thursday night games. But here's what's also getting a lot of attention. They have approved multiple Thursday night games. So teams, there are going to be some teams who don't play on a Thursday night. And there's going to be other teams who play multiple Thursday night games. Now here's the thing. So they've approved two Short week games. But which which sounds crazy, right? And then you get the whole discussion. Oh, the NFL doesn't care. They say they care they care about safety. We, we gotta stop throwing that complaint out there. Everybody knows the NFL doesn't care about player safety. This isn't anything new. Oh, how could you say you care about safety and now players are gonna play multiple Thursday games and you got 17 games? We know that they don't care about safety. They care about money. So like, let, let's stop making that complaint as if we're bringing something new to the table. They only care about money. But here's the thing. Here's the interesting part, right? Not only can teams play two short-week games, 
essentially, they can play three Thursday night games. I'll explain how. They're limited to two short week games, but they can play multiple Thursday night games, meaning, let's say a team plays on Thanksgiving, Thursday, and then they play next Thursday night. That's not a short week. Thursday to Thursday, that's a regular week. So that only counts as one short week game from the week before Thanksgiving, right? I'm using this as an example. So then later on, a super high profile team like the Cowboys can play a third Thursday night game because that would then be their second short week game. So you can, in theory, play three Thursday night games because only two of them are short weeks. So it was a whole big to do about that. Couple others that I saw did not pass. <clears throat> Number one, roughing the penalty, roughing the passer penalty. Can that be reviewed? They tur- they voted down. Uh, I wish you know in the NHL, if a five minute major is called, they review every five minute major, and even sometimes when it's questionable, they will call a five minute major just so that they can go and review it. Because if they call it a two minute, they can't then go and review it and upgrade it. They can call it a five and downgrade it. So a lot of times, they'll call the five minutes. I wish they would do that here, where if it's a roughing, they'll go back and look at it to make sure. Because sometimes it's such bullshit, and it's such a huge call. I don't want them to not call a penalty and then go to review if it's roughing, but if you call roughing, I'd like them to be able to go and review that. And make sure it's a very, very damaging penalty. Especially when so many of them are bullshit. So they did not approve that. That's too bad. The other one here is the onside kick. And I've been railing about this for years. So they voted on, after a score, a 4th and 20 play. From like your own 30. Instead of an onside kick. If you pick up the 4th down, you keep play- it's your ball. You keep playing. If not, you give up the ball right there. That got voted down. That's an XFL thing, I believe, right? That got voted down. I don't have a problem with that getting voted down. What I do have a problem with is the current onside kick. Because they said we don't want to totally get rid of the onside kick. I don't want them to get rid of the onside kick either. But I want the onside kick to be for you to possibly be able to recover it. And ever since how many ever years ago it was where you can only line up half your guys on one side and half your guys on the other, the onside kick is now impossible to recover. And I know it's like a car crash... So they're trying to avoid on kickoffs the car crash element. But eventually, like, it's football. And it's dangerous. And there's only so much you could do before you're killing the game. And because of this safety concern, they've killed the onside kick. I wish we can go back to the way the onside kick was before. It's impossible to recover now. So those two got voted down. I wanted to make sure that we mentioned that. All right. Real quick here before we get to Alan Hahn. I've been telling you guys now, one of my newest sponsors, Broward Meat and Fish. I love Broward Meat and Fish. I was grilling a couple of fillets a few nights ago. My wife immediately turns to me and goes, did you get these from Broward Meat and Fish? I said, yup. Are they good? Because, you know, I don't, I'm not the best griller. But I also wanted to make sure, not only did I grill it well, but this is great meat, right? She goes, this meat is so good. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Broward Meat and Fish, one of our newest sponsors. If you love good food, you're in for a treat. We all want the best quality when we're prepping that next meal, right? At Broward Meat and Fish, you got your one-stop shop. We're talking not just fresh meat and seafood, 
but a complete selection of groceries. I walked in there for the very first time at Broward Meat and Fish. It was the new location, grand opening recently in Margate. Incredible selection of meat and fish, but also, it's a full supermarket. You're getting everything you need when you go to Broward Meat and Fish. One of the things I love about it, they've specialized in serving the Caribbean and Latin community in South Florida for over 30 years now. So we're talking three decades worth. They know what's up down here, and that's why you're not going to find more international brands stocked on shelves than you're going to find at Broward Meat and Fish. They got all the recipes, all the brands that remind us all of where we came from. Jamaica, Haiti, Mexico, Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, Peru. You're getting that flavor you love at Broward Meat and Fish. Find the location nearest you. Get yourself a nice cut. You go to Broward Bean Fish, get yourself a filet, get yourself a prime rib, get yourself some good cod, halibut. I don't know what kind of fish you eat. That's up to you. BrowardMeatAndFish.com. I got one right here by me in Pembroke Pines. Go find the location nearest you. And hey, you pick up some of that Johnny Cuba Picante hot sauce made with the finest Jamaican peppers. You know what I'm talking about. You guys have been asking about that. There you go. All right. You, know, you, you don't even have to thank me. All right. Just enjoy, enjoy a great meal. Okay. All right, so we got Heat Knicks tonight. The Heat are on the second night of a back-to-back. The Heat, I mean, hanging on by a thread as far as a chance to catch New York at number five. It's it's most it's not likely, but you obviously still have an opportunity at number six, no matter how poorly the Heat have been playing, and that includes last night. So joining us here, we got Alan Hahn, ESPN New York, 98.7, Barton Hahn, every day, middays 12 to 3, of course, MSG as well. Alan, I appreciate you hanging out with us here. So uh, I know you're you're on your way. You're going to do your show your show w- w- with Bart. What opens the show today in New York City? It, it, it can't possibly be Heat Knicks, is it? Is it Rogers and the Jets? Is it Mets and Marlins opening day tomorrow? What opens the show today? Uh, we're it's double. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers watch is going to be on until the trade is done. With the owners saying he's anxious, of course, fans are anxious too. So that's always going to be in the conversation. But I'm opening with the Knicks. I think Knicks heat tonight at the Garden. This is the biggest game of the season to date for the Knicks. This is a critical game on many levels. Tiebreaker case, also magic number we're talking about. It's getting that top six locked up. And tonight, getting a win would essentially not, wouldn't wouldn't officially do it, but would essentially lock up a top top six, maybe even a a fifth seed which at the start of this season is not something anybody thought this team could do. That's awesome. I did not expect that answer. And and that leads me to, to something I've, I've been talking about for a while here, especially last week with the game here in Miami, which the Heat played very well and finally got a win against the Knicks this season. Alan, I, I'm look, I'm born a huge Heat fan. I was, I was one of their radio broadcasters for the past 13 years, so obviously I'm heavily invested in the Miami Heat. I hate the New York Knicks, but I will readily say <laughs> – it, I, lo- I I want the Knicks to be good. It's so much better when, when we got this game tonight that you're talking about how important it is for the Knicks. I mean, the Heat have been playing important games for the last 25 years. For the Knicks, it's very few and far between. When the Knicks are good, the Heat-Knicks get together. We got some juice here. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I, 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 I feel the same way. There's something about when these two franchises get together and it goes all the way back, obviously – to Pat Riley leaving New York to go to Miami and build what he built there and what has been sustained there for so many years. 
And it just doesn't feel the same when the Knicks aren't good and the Heat, you know, when LeBron and company would come in, you know, that, that when, when Melo was here and those teams were good too, those were fun games. It just, there was something about it. It felt like the old days. And then when that went away, it just didn't have that same juice. So this this gives you some juice. It's These are the special matchups, whether it's when Boston comes in, obviously Miami comes in. You know, there's just a, some extra to it. And I believe, I've said this a lot of times in New York, because people think the Brooklyn Nets and the Knicks, oh, that's a big rivalry. I'm telling you, it's nothing compared to when the Heat come into the Garden. Nothing. There's just a different buzz, a different feel, and you miss that. And I think tonight we'll really feel it. And I'm hoping, you know, there'll be a buzz like I expect it will be a good game because these teams all season long have played some pretty good games. I mean, we've had some big finishes. And then we obviously had last week, which was, you know, a lot of trash talking going on at the end of that game. Some uh, bad blood. They're going to see each other a week later. Both teams feeling some desperation. So this is going to have that kind of feel to it. And it's been a long time. Alan, what did you think was best case scenario when the team signed Jalen Brunson. You know, look, it's free agency. You always have to overpay for a free agent. That's how it works, all right? Um, We know Jalen Brunson's a good player, but for the life of me, I never saw Jalen Brunson having this type of impact on the Knicks. What did you think was best-case scenario? I think what we were were – first of all, we haven't had a point guard here in so long that all you were hoping for was just give me good point guard play. A point guard that can score consistently, and we knew we could do that watching him in Dallas as he's developed. The other stuff that we didn't know about with him, I mean, I mean, I guess we all knew about his character. We understood that this is a tough-minded player. Look what he did at Villanova. You know, that's not far from here. So a lot of people were aware of who he is. But it's everything else that comes with it. It's his clutch play late in games. It is that added toughness. There's a bit of a leadership factor to it that's not as much as do as I say, but more just his presence had a calming effect on this team. I think he helped unlock Julius Randle by just taking the pressure off of Randle of having to be uh, everything, a playmaker, a scorer, all of it. Instead, now, Randle could just be what he's great at, which is scoring, and that's just it. So when when the team is whole and Brunson's healthy and in the in the lineup – And we saw it for the better part of 15 games. They won 12 of them, including nine in a row recently. Like, that's as good as the team has looked all year. And it felt like, okay, that's their ceiling. And that's a pretty good team. So the expectation for Brunson was simply, will we get consistent point guard play for the first time in forever? And then what added to it was, oh, wow, he's bringing a lot more than just a consistent score at the point guard position. This is a guy that's become a leader on this team. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. 
Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is there any regret? at not going all in for Mitchell or would a Mitchell Brunson backcourt have just been too small? Well, I mean, there's always going to be regret because of the player he is. You know, he went for 40 again last night. It's just so good. Home hometown guy too. You know, they, they passed on him in the draft. We all know that was a mistake. Had a chance to make up for that mistake by trading for him. They opted not to give up some young players that the jazz wanted. They were going to give up the picks. It wasn't about picks. But it was just a couple of young players that the Knicks just didn't, they weren't comfortable moving on from in a deal like that. But in hindsight, seeing what Donovan Mitchell is in Cleveland, and there's a team that you might play in the first round. It's very possible. You know, you gotta you gotta wonder to yourself is, you know, boy, if they would have gotten him too, on top of what Brunson has become, I don't know where this team would be in the East if they had him as well. Are you a fan of the play-in? I mean, right now, the Heat are number seven. They're, they're a game back in the loss column of Brooklyn. They don't own the tie break, so, uh, but but the, they don't know the head-to-head tie break, so they may as well be two back of Brooklyn there. Uh, I, I don't think finishing number seven is so bad. Uh, you got two home games to win one. I'm certainly not afraid of the Heat having to play Atlanta. Trey has been terrible against us. Uh, the difference mm. between playing Boston and Philadelphia in the first round, I mean, I'd like to be six. I think the Heat can give Philadelphia a major run. Uh, I think Boston, uh, you can't predict the Heat to beat Boston. Uh, what what do you make of the plane? Are you a fan of it? I like it because it keeps more markets engaged late in the year. You know, you're still getting teams that, you know, feel like they're playing for something. And in the East especially, when you look at the teams that are in the 7-10, I mean, who do you really want? Do you want to play Toronto in a playoff series? I don't. As bad as they've been, you know, they've been really inconsistent this year. It's a 48-win team last year. They have playoff experience. They play defense. They really grind up a game. And so the last thing you want to do is face them in a first-round series, right? Like, this just – even if you get out of it, you get out of it with scrapes, bumps, and bruises. So you hate playing them. I look at Miami as the same thing. I don't want to play them in the first round. We all know what playoff Jimmy's all about. We know Spo has been there, done that. He'll come up with some way, somehow, to take out your best player. Now, you know, lately, I don't know what's going on with them. I couldn't believe the way they played last night. That was kind of shocking how easy they made it in the paint. You know, that was just a bad game all around. Nobody else seemed to want to score other than in Hero. But in general, though, you just look at Miami. I don't want to play them. You know, I mean, Atlanta is Atlanta. You're right about them in certain cases. They're not good enough defensively. But another team that just, you know, they're not inexperienced. So if you play them in a playoff series, or if you play them in a must-win matchup in a 7-10, you know, you know what you're dealing with. Anything's possible, especially with that backcourt and the ability to score. So I think the 7-10 makes it really interesting because you could be a good team that had a bad year, but if you get in, anything can happen if you have that, you know, that kind of roster and experience. That's what I like about it. I also, you know, we're not seeing the tanking thing that we used to see in the past. Dallas, see, look at Dallas. Dallas is in a very interesting spot here because they're on the outside looking in and they have – if they get in the 7-10, 
They lose their first round pick to the Knicks from the Porzingis deal. If they don't get in and they they get now they're be they'll be tenth in the lottery. They keep their pick, which is a top ten pick. So their team that what do they want to do? Because they're a team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year. And you're going to tell me that you'd rather not get in the 7-10 and roll the dice with Luka and see if you can win two games and get yourself into a playoff series? You'd rather lose so you can keep a top-10 pick? They're in the most precarious spot. But aside from that, you're really not seeing any other teams that are dealing with that dilemma. And that used to be a a couple of years ago. You saw teams that were on the outside of, you know, maybe three, four games out of eighth, just letting go of the rope and dropping down as far as they can. That's not good for the league. How would you, you know, the the Nets? Let me let me ask you a couple general questions here. So the Nets, you know, they're they're a much more likable team at this point. Obviously, Mikel Bridges, I'm sure everybody loves up there. As yep. as a talk show host up there, were you just were you happy that the Nets situation was finally over and done with? Like, was it a pain in the ass to be dealing with the drama every single day? Like, were you just happy to be done with it? No, no, for sports talk radio in New York. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? You know, the tabloids here, we love all that stuff. I mean, it gives you something to talk about. People react to waiting for the net. What is Kyrie going to do next? And will this team ever stay healthy? And then they'd play a couple of games together. They'd win some games. You'd be like, man, how good can this team be? And then something else would happen. And it was a constant cycle of, of content, That as a talk show host, you love. Because now, just like they were before they traded for KD and Kyrie, the Nets have, once again, and it's not that... I I love Mikael Bridges. I think the pieces they got, they've made themselves competitive again. But if I'm being honest, and this is not haterade, this is just... This is honesty. You know, like, they aren't really a team... I always say, there's just like... Playing for the Nets is New York light. You're in New York, but yeah, you're not really playing. Like, it's not really. Like, James Harden will tell you that. His experience was, I came to Brooklyn, I thought, I'm in New York, this will be great. And he realized there was no buzz at all. And it's a fact. Even when the building was filled, there's just no, no real feel like you get at the Garden. It's just different. So now the Nets have kind of gone back to being that team where it's like, oh, yeah, the Nets won last night. Okay, on to other things. Like, you really just, for some reason... There's not a large enough fan base. There's not enough true passion. And now with all the drama gone, there's really nothing to talk about. Yeah, they'll be a, I think that could be a really interesting team if they avoid the 7-10, they get a first-round series because they got so much length. You know, they, they, they could be a really interesting team. But the whole aura of, you know, what can they be and what's going to happen next and what is Kyrie going to do this time, that's all gone now. So – goes along with it goes most of the interest. Alan, does the players sitting out like Embiid a couple nights ago, you don't get the matchup against Jokic. They only play twice a year. Does the players sitting out like Embiid did a couple nights ago, does it bother you as much as it bothers me? Not not the Embiid one, because here's what. He already played him once in January, and I think he kicked his ass. I mean, he put up, what, 40 and and 17 rebounds. Like, he had a hell of a game against Jokic back in January. That kind of already set a tone. Um, It was the last game of their road trip. He had already played it back-to-back over the weekend. You know, they've got bigger fish to fry. It's the altitude in Denver. You know what? Go ahead and sit. Get a couple days off, come home, and then, you know, home stretch. 
you know, get whatever seed you can get and get ready for the postseason. I get that. I'll tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like Jimmy not playing last night. That's a bad sign. Why are you throwing that game? You need every win. How is he not like the the most important game is the next one for a team that is desperately trying to clinch a playoff spot. And if you're Miami and you look at Toronto and say, well, we got a back to back. Let's save him for New York. I don't like that. I don't like that. Those are the things I don't like. I don't like sitting just for the purpose of sitting. Well, we're going to rest them. Why? And that you, that loss last night probably might have been one of the first nails for a chance to get a, a top six. Now they can win their division and still get tiebreakers with the division win. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like the message it sent. And I kind of was watching the team. I know it was a 14-4 lead to start the game, but it just the group didn't have a spirit against Toronto. And Toronto can't get out of the seventh, and they are where they are. Toronto played hard. The Heat didn't. And the Heat were missing their most important player because they chose not to play him. That's the part. I don't like seeing that around the league. I'm I'm 100% with you. And, and this has happened a few times with Jimmy this season. And the part that bothers me the most, and I'll never understand this, Alan, the Heat were down by six, I think it was, at halftime last night. You're telling me Jimmy Butler can't play 15 minutes in the second half? Why yeah. can't he give – he can't what, – what, like, what actually happens yeah. if Jimmy plays yep. 15 minutes in the second half? You know what it was? I, and last night, too, after the first quarter, TNT does the end-of-quarter interview with the road coach. So Eric Spolstra, they're talking for a couple minutes. They mention how we couldn't get Kyle Lowry into the game uh, because they couldn't get a stoppage in play. So Lowry didn't play at the end of the first quarter and the conversation shifted to, so now you got a couple extra minutes with Lowry to play with the remainder of the game. I mean, Alan, right. like, like really a, a couple of minutes. Right. Like, right. I, don't, I don't understand. Like, how, how is it that much of a difference? You got a couple it's extra changed minutes so to play much. with now? It, it's, it's changed. It really has. The mentality has changed so much when it comes to rest. And I think the players have bought into it. They blame you know, the medical staff and all the science, they blame that. I think it's too much information. I think sometimes the information overload on, on minutes, you know, it gets ridiculous. I've never, I've never heard of a player that is like, yeah, I played too much. Like I never used to hear that. I never, ever imagined if I, yeah, I played too much. That's, that's way too much for me. Like, no, don't ever take me off the court. So that, that I don't like that. And you know what else I don't like? I don't like, Carl Anthony, now, now again, Carl Anthony Towns had an injury, I guess. But my man sat out the whole year, and now it's playoff time. Oh, I'm ready. Here I am, ready to go. Zion, been out almost the whole year, right? He's missed so much time. He's been out of shape. He's been all kinds of everything. Playoff time, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play. Like, that's a turnoff to me as well, because it continues to make me wonder – well, I'm I'm not healthy enough to play a regular season with my team. I'm not healthy enough to give you, you know, the daily grind, but I'm healthy enough when it when the playoffs come because that's more fun. I'll play hurt or I'll play at under 100% in the playoffs because I want to win, but the rest of you guys have to get me there. I don't like that. And we're seeing that happen a lot in the league too. Alan, how come hockey players don't need load management? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine much like, I'm a big sport. I'm, I'm a big hockey guy. I'm a huge Panther fan. I'm a yeah. big hockey guy. Can you imagine, uh, you no. know, <laughs> Alexander Barkov shows up to the dressing room in the morning for morning skate. <laughs> he doesn't get dressed. Uh, Ekblad looks at him and says, hey, what's yeah. going on, Barky? And he goes, oh, I'm resting tonight. Yeah. yeah. Load management. You know, my son plays hockey. I, I used to cover hockey. I've 
big, it's huge, obviously, here in New York. And I think the culture would never allow it, would never allow it, the idea of resting players and stuff. And as a player, you need to keep playing rhythm, just stay in rhythm. When you don't play, especially that sport, when you don't play a little bit, it takes you a minute to get the rust off. They always they use that that uh, terminology. But, you know, it's it's a much different sport that way. I don't like it. Like, for example, a team that is, like, going downhill into the uh, into the postseason. Had to win a bunch of games. You're in a frenzy. You get the highlight, like, whoever it is, whether it's the Cavs locking up four, you know, they're putting a bunch of wins together. Whatever it is, you're in, like, this run right now, and you're feeling great. You get a top six, you get a week off. Right? They get the 7-10 play in, takes the whole week. That week off is good for rest, but it also could take away momentum. Now, I think players want to play. This is this is a bizarre place we are in with this sport. Yeah. And it's a very baseball kind of thing. They do that, did that a lot in baseball. And now all of a sudden it's creeping into this sport. And I just, I just I don't think it's a good look. But we've accepted it. We don't, we don't push back enough on it. And those of us like you and I, that complain about it, oh, we're just old men, you know, yelling at a cloud. You know, we're we're the haters that don't understand how it works. And I'm sorry, the product was better when players cared about playing every game. And I'll go back to Michael Jordan, 80, 81, 82 games a year. Yep. I never sat out. Yep. No reason to. Yep. Lastly here, Alan, real quick for you before you get going, uh, Rodgers, the Jets, does the does the Jet fan, does the New York fan up there care what the Jets have to give up or they just want to get it done? Depends on who you ask because I think there's the anxiety, which I mentioned Woody Johnson said uh, yesterday, the anxiety. No one, he said, but he added, no one's hyperventilating. But Woody needs to hear the callers that we're getting on our show because there is a lot of that fear because it's it's not necessarily, you know, the Jets have to give up, give whatever it takes to get Aaron Rodgers. Once Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to play for the Jets, I felt like, okay, the weight is lifted. We don't have to convince the guy. He really wants to come here. Now it's a matter of just get the right deal that everybody can be happy with, including the Packers. The anxiety part comes with the longer you go without making the deal happen, the more of a variable Aaron Rodgers becomes. Why? Because we know how he's been the last couple of years. And the concern that some people have, I don't, but some people have, is he might wake up one day and, you know, go into another darkness retreat and come out and say, you know what, I feel like retiring, I don't want to play. And then you have nothing. But I feel like he could do that after you make the trade. That's not going to change. He already said he wants to be a Jet. The Jets have already said that they plan on making him a Jet. A deal will get done eventually so that it can happen. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers might say, you know what, there's no trade happening. Let me just retire. I'm going to walk away. I think that can happen regardless of whether the Jets have his rights or don't officially have his rights yet. So, I mean, it's New York. We're always going to be a little uh, high strung until, you know, we know for sure. Like I might even be, here's the next thing that gets that happens. Mm -hmm. They trade from, they get him. He comes to training camp, the training camp. And then everybody's afraid of what happened with Brett Favre. When they traded for Brett Favre, they were eight and four to start the year. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. Then he hurt himself, and they were not the same since. And he never played another game for the Jets. That's the next anxiety that comes with this whole thing. Alan, excellent job. Really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us here on the show today. And, uh, and yeah, wow, I, I love that you guys are going to start the show today with Heat Knicks. Uh, the, all three games oh, so to. far this year have been 
really, really great games. So I expect the same tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope so. Thanks, Alan. Take it easy, man. Yeah, you got it. Excellent job by Al and Han. And, of course, all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are always brought to us by our beer of choice, official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. I mean, look, my man Juan at Johnny Cuba is always cooking something up. I told you, the hot sauce, I love it. You can pick up that Johnny Cuba Picante hot sauce at Broward Meat and Fish, one of our sponsors. But when we're talking Johnny Cuba like tonight, we got a lot going on between the Heat and Panthers. I got myself a six-pack of Johnny Cuba in the fridge. European roots, but a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Presidente's, Presidente Sedano's, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Moss. Always drink responsibly. I do it in the comfort of my own home in the Zaslow Mansion family room. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Like I said, good job out of Alan Han there. We're going to talk to Darius Rice coming up in a few minutes here. I love being able to get the, you know, the, the old school Canes, Jack McClinton yesterday. You can go check that out. And of course, uh, I'm excited. I, I've never talked Darius, so I'm excited to get Darius on here. And of course, he also revealed to us, I got to find a way to bring it up to him. Also revealed to us that me and my friends, we've been right all these years about Perry Clark only caring about partying, not giving a shit about basketball. The Panthers, so we got the Heat tonight. Heat at Knicks. We got the Panthers tonight. Panthers at Maple Leafs. So, the Panthers tonight are at 7.30. The Heat, I imagine, are, are 7.30 also. Everybody hold on a second. All right, everybody calm down. Let's make sure what time the Heat are. The Heat are at 7.30. So, Panthers and Heat, seven, both same time. All right, this is a very big sports night here. The Heat, no idea what to expect out of them. This is a very good Knicks team that they're playing tonight. The Panthers, I declared them dead. I, I told you, a couple. they're dead. Four in a row. You finally get to a playoff position, and they lose four in a row. But if you want to still keep track of what's going on, Penguins lost last night. They lost 7-4 last night. So the Panthers, to get a little bit of help there, Panthers and Penguins, they played the same amount of games. They both have eight remaining. Panthers are three back. So you win tonight, you would pull within one. Panthers are six back of the Islanders, and they have a game in hand on the Islanders. But it's way too many. Forget about number one now. The number two wildcard spot is the only thing attainable right now for the Panthers. They are three back. Now, let's see if the Penguins play tonight. The answer is they do not. Now, the Islanders do play tonight. They're at Washington. That is on TNT if you're interested in that. But this Panther team, uh, I I told you, I think they're dead. I think four in a row now, and the way they've been losing, and you lose to Ottawa a couple nights ago, terrible. Terrible job. So, obviously... We're, we're, we're not missing a second of it. All of the Panthers. But they've crushed me this year. I do not expect them to... Forget to expect them. They're not making the playoffs. They blew it. All right. But that's what you got going on tonight with the Panthers and the Heat, both at the same time. We're going to get to Darius Rice in a second here. But first, I want to tell you about Sheets and Giggles, one of the newest sponsors here on Zaslow Show 2.0. So thrilled to have Sheets and Giggles. They're huge. Sheets and Giggles. When I approached my man Colin there, he's the founder and CEO. I was like, hey, I'll, I want to be part of the Sheets and Giggles family. He was so happy. He's like, yes, Zaslow, let's do something. And now the Zaslow family, we are four, four of us. We are now four of the over 100,000 Americans that are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles. We got the sheets. We got the pillowcases. I got the comforter. I got the eucalyptus pillow. That's right. You need a eucalyptus mattress? Um, Hey, 
SheetsGiggles.com, SheetsGiggles.com slash Zazlow. And if you use my name, Zazlow, as your promo code, you're going to get 20% off your first order, all right? Sheets and Giggles, you see them on the Levitard Show. You see them on the Greg Cody Podcast as well. They're now here on Zazlow Show 2.0. Environmentally friendly as well. You got to care about the environment. Come on, what are we leaving to our kids? Environmentally friendly, sustainably made, 96% less water use, 30% less energy than cotton sheets. Absolutely no pesticides or incesticides. And I I, I love, they got the extra deep corner. So I don't have to stretch it out in order to fit on my king size bed. The sheets are so soft, comfortable. I, I I feel like I'm laying on silk. And it's breathable. It keeps me cool, and I love the comforter. Comforter is probably my favorite part. Sheets and Giggles. SheetsGiggles.com. SheetsGiggles.com slash Zazla. So yesterday, we got to chat with our guy Jack McClinton. It's been my favorite part so far. The Canes making this Final Four run is getting to catch up with some of the guys who helped build this program, getting to where it's at. So if you missed any of that yesterday, you can go back. You can listen to yesterday's episode. You catch Jack McClinton. And today... We got Darius Rice, another guy who uh, part of the building blocks, the foundation of this University of Miami Hoops basketball program. Darius, so glad to have you on the show here today. Tell me, how have you experienced this run so far for the Canes through this tournament? Crazy. Um, I, I told people at the beginning, you know, this team was already last year, and then you add Omier and you add our team who was and I coached against Omir uh, when I was at Mississippi Valley State so I knew what kind of rebounder he was so you add those to what we already had I kind of knew we were going to make it far never thought we'd make it to the before but you know it's it's two years making for me you know, uh, playing against a, a UConn team who I have a pass so it's just all played you know the right way you know it, it played it should have been played old biggies rivals in the final four uh, we've been underdogs in every game so uh, you know, we knocked off Texas. We knocked off Houston. I mean, we beat some good people to get here. Uh, as a matter of fact, Drake fight was our hardest game. Yeah, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. You know, down, I think, seven points with four and a half minutes left against Drake. You think about that moment right there. I mean, I remember watching that game, Darius. I'm watching my son, and, and, and I turned to him and go, we're going to lose. We're going to lose this game. Down seven, yeah. four and a half minutes left, and now – Final four, like that's crazy. Yeah, I look at I looked at it too, and I was like, we're losing to Drake. There's no way we're losing to Drake this early in the, in the tournament. Like, it's no way. And with seven minutes to go, Wong was having a, a, ter- a terrible game, and all of a sudden, we fall back. And it, it shows how strong we are, how resilient we are, because we always fight back every year. Uh, the cane we call them the cardiac canes because we always come back and win some kind of way. It just had to get past that. Like once that game ended. And, you know, I text a buddy of mine who's a huge Canes Hoops fan. I go, that shit was awesome. He's like, eh, not really. And I'm like, nah, man, survive in advance. You know, mm-hmm. Wong is not going to have that game again. Nor Chad O'Meara, who just came back from the ankle injury. The next game, he had 17 rebounds on that Sunday. And so mm-hmm. it's like, just survive and get past that first game. And now you look at where they're at. What was it like for you this past game to get to the final four? Canes are down 13, 64, 51 with about 11, 12 minutes left. How are you watching the games? Like, are you nervous? How are you? 
Well, at first, you know, we started slow and, and they came out hot. And the guy, the guy, the kid Rice from Texas, I made a post. And I was like, I had to check his birth certificate and see we're not related <laughs> the way he was shooting the ball. You know, so they jumped on us. They were up 13. And, and, and I laid down like there's no way we made it. Well, it was a good run. I'm sitting there like it was a good run. You know, we, we did the best we could. But when Coach L called a timeout, and, and I coached with Coach L uh, as a grad assistant in 2018. And one thing about him that I've learned, like he calls timeouts to make changes. He doesn't call timeouts to waste. So he saw something out there. He made a change. And you notice we didn't take a three-point attempt the whole second half. We just drove. We drove. We realized Texas couldn't guard us off the bounds. And we kept driving. We kept driving. And Texas still thought their threes were going to fall in the second half, and they didn't. We packed the paint. They missed all their shots, and we kept going and getting fouled, going and getting fouled. And we, we got a questionable call over there over the back. But I'll tell you, you know, it's about time we get off. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, I was – I mean, Darius, I was yelling at the TV because the initial call – was it's a foul on Norchad, which of course fouls mm-hmm. him out as well. And, and yeah. it, it was so obvious that he was undercut. That's not even close to a loose ball foul on Norchad. They changed mm-hmm. it. And not just that that play right there, but when the Canes were up, I think they were up two, and they got mm-hmm. the stop, and then they hit the free throws to, to put him up by four. Norchad slaps the ball out of the yeah. kid's hands, which – I mean, talk about a gutsy play right there from Norchad to go for the strip. And by the way, you got to give a little credit, Darius, to the official for for, for for getting it right and swallowing the whistle because the hand oh, yeah. reaches out like that. A lot of times their inclination is, hey, that's going to be a reaching foul. We're going to make that call. But people don't realize the, the ball is part of the hand. In the NBA, I know I know it's the NBA rule, but college with the ball is part of the hand. As long as the ball is in your hand and you hit ball in hand, you, that's that's not a call. So the, the official, he actually made the right call. The, uh, but the over-the-back to me was kind of questionable because the guy was in good box-out position. And when when it was over the back, I'm not going to lie, it was over the back. But I think when, when he jumped and his momentum was still, you know, boxing him out and pushing him back, it made yeah. it look like he was undercutting him. So he could have gone either way. It really could have, because if you look at it, it was clearly over the back. But hey, you know, sometimes we got to get a call too. <laughs> now I know, I know you're in Texas. I mean, I don't know how far you are from Houston. Are, are you going to be there this weekend? Oh yeah, I'm there. I'm, I'm three hours away. I'm there. I will be there uh, Friday evening. Actually, I have a, I have two shows I have to do there. I have a TV appearance. So yeah, I'll be there Friday. Have you been in touch with uh, with any other alumni? Maybe some former teammates. Is a whole crew getting together? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've talked to uh, Anthony Harris. He's flying in from Mongolia. Uh, he's overseas playing. He's flying into Chicago and then he's flying down tomorrow. Uh, Robert Hyde, he'll be there. Um, Mario Bland will be there. Uh, who else said? I, I, I mean, a lot of guys said they're coming. So we're going to we're going to pack it. We're going to be in there. That's really cool. That's really we're gonna cool. Be, I mean, I mean, we waited a long time for this, you know, from the, the Tim James, Johnny Hemsley days and then. You know, with me showing up and, and bringing all the hype and stuff to show that, you know, Miami's up more than a football school. And now people are buying in, you know, that, and, you know, Jimmy Graham's came and then the Jack McClendon, Shane Larkin. Now guys are starting to see Miami as a basketball program. So, uh, you know, it's only up for us because, it's, you know, it's already Miami. You know, the hardest thing was getting the fan base and getting the people to buy in. So, you know, we could. We can ball down here, too. We got the weather. We got the beach. We got the girls. We got everything you need. <laughs> Darius, was your first year, was your freshman year the first year in what, of course, then was called the Convocation Center? No, we started off in, in the Miami Arena. We didn't, have, oh, okay. we didn't have many fans. We were in a bad neighborhood. You know how it is down there. And uh, midway through my junior years when we opened the building, they started building it my freshman year. By my junior year, we opened it against North Carolina. 
uh, hit the three in the corner, taking the overtime, hit the shot in the overtime to win it, and then the next game was the UConn game. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the UConn game in a second here. Everyone wants to hear about the UConn <laughs> game. We'll get to that in a second here. So I want to know, like, I remember I used to go as a kid. You and I, I think, are around the same age. I used to go as a kid to those games, early 90s, mid-90s, Miami Arena, and it was like, no one cared about Kane's basketball. You got Coach Leonard, Leonard Hamilton, who I love, all right? You was coaching that team. And mm-hmm. I could still smell the cinnamon almonds when I walk in the steps there at Miami Arena. There's no – there were more there were more members of the band than there were fans, okay, at those mm-hmm. games. So tell me, Darius, when, when, when you're being recruited and you're seeing – you know, you're at the games at Miami Arena and, like, there's nobody there, what convinced you to go to UM? Well, I could, you know, after the McDonald's game, I committed to Kentucky. Um, Kentucky was my first choice uh, by far. If I had gone there, you'd actually won a national championship my freshman year if I had gone there. But uh, my last visit was Miami, and, you know, Coach Hamilton had a great, great meeting with him. Uh, Coach Stan Jones was from Mississippi, so I knew him. Mario Bland was from Mississippi. I knew him. Uh, Leroy Hurry was on my AU team in Mississippi. So they had a lot of pieces there that I knew and I was familiar with. And, it came down to me. It was, you know, I, it didn't take me to a game. You know, I guess they didn't want to see the atmosphere. Uh, but, you know, I, what I remember is uh, I sat there with him and he said, do you want to be a face on the wall at, at Kentucky or Duke? Because I wasn't going to Duke, too, but Duke had one scholarship and they gave it to Chris Duhon. And um, his visit was before mine. They said, do you want to be a face on the wall at these big schools and people forget you or do you want to come? and start your own legacy. And that's what sold me on being a cane. You know, I wanted to start my own, you know. Uh, and I think I did the best I could at, at doing that with, with what I had. You know, those Miami Arena days, it's, it's easy to play Central Florida and it'd be three, 30, 300 people there, 200 people there. You know, you call out a play, the echoes in the gym. It's cold because there's no fans. I mean, I, I endured all of that. You know, I saw all of that and I saw how it changed by my junior year. Now we got six, seven, eight thousand people in the arena and, and, and how big it is now when now they're in the ACC. And, and man, I, I just wish these guys understood like, hey, we, we, we grinded back in the day. We, 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 we fought for the fans. We, we argued every day. We need to campus arena we need to get on campus arena uh and and now you see what we have so i believe it was the second game in the convocation center you like you said the first game north carolina Mm -hmm. i believe it was the second game convocation center uh 43 points improbable game-winning three-pointer from darius rice in the corner of the steel you you must be getting bombarded with messages and memories this entire week about I mean one of my buddies who like I told you enormous Canes hoops fan said you know when I told him yesterday hey, I got Darius Rice coming on the show he goes, that's amazing I was just watching back video of his shot against UConn so you you must be getting so many messages this week about that memory right oh I know you see how my Twitter page is uh, right now it's just it's grown for for for, for the last 48 hours it had just grown uh Everybody's just, you know, sending me shouts out and memories and love. A lot of a lot of different things that I couldn't find that game until yesterday. For the first time, I, found, I have it on VHS, but I found it online. It's on the Yukon's Husky webpage. That's the only way. That's the, And I downloaded it so I wouldn't lose it again. That's the only way you can find that game because the school got rid of all our Big East stuff. I don't know. I, no one can find our Big East stuff. But, man, like the last, like I said, ever since we beat 
Texas, and now they know we were playing UConn. I've just been getting like, oh my God, there's a renewed rivalry 23 years in the making, this and that, and this and that. And I, you know, I'm, I'm loving every minute. I mean, I'm, I'm like the biggest UConn hater since Karan Butler sit, sat there and started dancing while, while they were ahead, didn't know the outcome was going to happen. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I love Karan. I mean, one of my all time favorite Miami Heat guys, even though he was only with the Heat for he's, two he's years. Probably the- He's probably the hardest guy I've had to go. Ron Butler could do everything, and then he was just strong, aggressive, and, and like tough. Like he was—he's probably outside of outside of maybe Carmelo. He's probably the hardest guy I've ever had to guard. And and I remember that game against UConn because Karan was with the Heat. I think it was maybe his rookie year. Yeah, I think it was his rookie year. Yeah, his rookie year. Yeah, yeah. he was there. Uh, I guess behind the 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 Husky bench for that game mm-hmm. that you hit the game winning three pointer, right? Yeah, he was right there. He he come up. The Heat just played the night before. You know, I mean, Karan off the court were good friends. You know, uh, he's from Wisconsin. I was, I was dating one of his best friends from Wisconsin. We were good friends, but we were just rivalries. Like he was Big East. We were same. We were the same class. Uh, I mean, we were just like that, that's how it is in basketball. We not like today with everybody's friends. You know, we we hated each other on the court. <laughs> oh, you're speaking my language, Darius. Man, I I I, I can't. I can't handle all the hugging and kissing. Everybody loves each yeah. other before these games. Let's, let's get back to being friends away from the court when nobody can see us. And when we're on the court, it's competition. And we don't like exactly. each other. And we don't like each exactly. other. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you, Darius. I'm, I'm, so, hey, so, so yeah, he's sitting back there. He's jumping up and down. He's laughing and giggling. I see this out the corner of my eye. And, you know, I'm just letting him just keep going. I'm just keep plugging away and plugging away. And, you know, I, I wanted to run over there and, and do something silly. Why, you know, when, when I saw that look on his face when they lost, but the NBA, it was like twenty five NBA scouts over there. I didn't want to yeah. do nothing too silly. <laughs> what was what was that locker room like for you guys after that win against UConn? Uh, I, man, it was a blur. I know I went to the media room. Uh, I, I got to my phone first. I had ninety seven missed calls. <laughs> 97 missed calls. My mom's on the phone. She left a voice message. She's crying. My sister's crying. You know, everybody's excited. The only thing I was mad at, and it's a funny story, was the girl I was dating at the time. We uh, we were down. It's eight seconds left. She was trying to beat the traffic. So she leaves. She leaves. So you know how the convocation center has those steps. She's walking down the steps, and all she and she told me, she said all I heard was everybody cheering really loud. From the, from the inside, and I run back up the steps, and you're running around the court. <laughs> oh man! Well, at least at least she ran back, you know. At least she yeah, at least she, she heard the roar of the crowd, you know. Because I was gonna, I promise you, I was gonna leave her for the strip club. God, you, you uh, left my game. Yeah, I'm I'm out. You left the game early. Oh, I'm gone. <laughs> oh man, that is that's a great story. Did you get it? Did you get a, a call? Because back then, I don't believe there were text messages quite yet. Back then, 2003, that wasn't really. There were thing. text messages. It was on the little. It was on the little flip phone. Had a game snake on it. You remember that game? Yes. Yeah. And in order to text the letters, you had to press you had like to hit each the number. Three times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh man, the young kids listening right now—they got no idea what Darius and I no are talking about. talking about. They got no idea. Do you miss? Uh, do you miss the days of the Big East? I mean, UConn. You hate UConn, obviously. And now yeah. it's ACC. Like, oh, and look, ACC—it's probably the best conference. You know, Duke, yeah. North Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. But but do you miss those those rivalry days with the Big East? Yeah, I miss it, I, and I hate that they took a lot of the the memorabilia from the Big East days uh, away because. I mean, think about the think about the ranked teams that we had. Georgetown was ranked. Uh, UConn was ranked. We were ranked. Virginia Tech was ranked. Uh, Providence was ranked. Pittsburgh was ranked. Uh, I mean, every game was a fight. Yep. Every game was a fight. You know, uh, 
So um, at the same time, you know, it was more physical back then. Like you could hand check, you could you could body check. I mean, if you watch the UConn game we played, you know, when I'm posting up, look how look at all the hitting that was going on. Like you can't do that now. Yeah. And you touch somebody now, it's a foul. Like they let us play, they let us bang back in the day. Yeah. And, and 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 you missed those right. Like the Big East was was called the Big East for a reason because they was known for as a physical conference. St. John's, you know, you go to St. John's, you're gonna leave out bloody every night. You know, yeah. Villanova was ranked with Jay Wright. You know, me and the, me and Jay Wright had some words. We both got a tech going into halftime with each other. That's how <laughs> bad it was. You know, um, but yeah, you missed those days. But uh, I, like I said, I wish that I, I see the NCAA folding soon because of the NIL and all this money that's going around. I don't think it's going to be conferences in, in a couple of years. I think it's just going to be play who you want to play. How about uh, how about your guy James Jones, who's a, a childhood friend of mine, actually. How about mm-hmm. what he's doing, your former teammate, what he's doing in Phoenix? Pretty awesome, huh? Yeah, you know, James was that quiet guy in the locker room. I knew he was destined to great things. He was always smart. You know, I, I came into Miami. You know, I was the cocky dude. I wanted to fight everybody. You know, I come in with all this, you know, hoopla, like, you know, this is my show. I'm going to do this shit the way I want to do it. And James was like, no, you got to calm down. You have to do this. You have to be like that. And he got together. And, I, and you saw that during his NBA career with LeBron. And, and with Heat and with Cleveland, he kept, you know, he was the guy that kept LeBron under control, kept him quiet, kept him calm and humble. And, and showing now he's with Phoenix GM and and they just brought in KD. They got, you know, um, Chris Paul, who really nobody likes, but he got Chris Paul. You got Devin Booker, who's from Mississippi, who's the guy that I work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he knows how to build a program. He's really smart, you know, and like we knew James was destined for great things. Tell me here, you, you worked a little, obviously, with, with Coach L a few years ago. Uh, give me your thoughts on him and just, I mean, what, what what a great guy. What an incredible job he's done. Great guy. You know, the one thing that I admire about Coach L, what he did and what he does now, is he loves his players. He loves his team. He cares about his team. He, you know, and I didn't have that as a college player. You know, uh, Coach Hamilton left me. You know, Coach Hamilton left. I signed two weeks later. He left. But my, you know, Michael Jordan gave him the money. I would have left too. Yeah. But we didn't have the transfer portal. Then we didn't have the transfer portal. Then I was stuck. You know, I couldn't leave. So, <clears throat> um, Coach, Hamilton, you know, he he loves on his players, good or bad. And when I was there, it's all a brotherhood. It's all a camaraderie. You know, he. And he's very, you know, punctual. He's very, you know, uh, he's like a perfectionist. He wants things done right. We'll stick in practice and run the same thing over and over and over and over until we get it right. He wanted everything to be done a certain way. And and it shows on the court. And, and the togetherness and the love that that team has for each other. There's no no one cares who gets the glory. You know, no one cares who gets the glory. And, and, and when you meet him as a recruit, you know, you can't help but to like him. You know, and like I said, that's the things that I see with him that I didn't have as a college player, you know. Um, those car did fly with his girl. He didn't travel with him. He didn't you know, show, you know, we didn't come over his house and hang out. We didn't we didn't do those things, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, we just survived and kept playing. We played for each other. You know, it wasn't for him, it was for us as a team. You know, I'm gonna tell you and I'm I'm gonna get your opinion. I'm gonna get your you know a prediction here, which I'm I'm sure you're super excited about this weekend. I just want to tell you a real quick story, okay? Uh I because I know you, you mentioned a few things about Coach Perry on Twitter, and you don't need to say anything else about that, but I'm gonna tell you a quick story here, okay? Because you confirmed something for me and my friends. Me and my buddies for about yeah. 20 years now, all right, Darius. We have yeah. had a running yeah. joke about those Perry Clark days that you guys used to play in all those preseason tournaments out there in Vegas, specifically mm-hmm. 
because Coach Perry wanted to spend the entire night at the craps table. Yes. We swore yes. that that was why you guys played all those tournaments, and it's been a running joke for us for 20 years now, and you confirmed it for us, Darius. Oh, yes. Don't forget, we went to the Virgin Islands, and you know what happened down there. Yep. yep. <laughs> every, year we, every year we went somewhere exotic now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you totally confirmed our running joke for us that it is a true story. So I'm glad you were able to give us a good laugh there yesterday. Uh, have you been allowed finally here for Darius Rice, one of the real foundations and building blocks of this Canes Hoops program? Uh, have you allowed yourself to think about Monday, or are you just focused on UConn right now? Right now is month. It's UConn, man, because that's to me. I think that's the biggest challenge in our way right now. Um, I think Monday is going to take care of itself on paper. Whoever we play on the other side, Monday we're on paper a better team. UConn is probably the only team left that's on paper might be a little bit better than us because they're so big and their size, you know, really kind of can affect us. Uh, and then we're playing at NRG Stadium. We're playing in a football stadium, so the backdrop could be a lot different and it could affect shooters, which we are shooters. So um, the UConn game is going to be the toughest game. And, uh, you know, you can't never look over anybody to, to, to the championship. You know, I think uh, with one game remaining, you know, we're going to go out and play as hard as we can on Monday, you know, if we get by Saturday. But uh, we got we have to take care of Saturday because UConn, I'm, I'm pretty sure UConn's hearing all the, the old stuff with the old history about us too. And I, I'm, I'm guaranteed they're sick of it because I've been tagging them too. I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's all very, very exciting, Darius. Uh, tell everyone right now how they can keep up with you and, and just catch up with everything you got going on right now. Oh, you know, um, you can always go to any of my social media pages. Uh, D Rice for three, uh, FR with the number three on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook too, just my name. Uh, you know, I respond. I always write. You know, I'm, I'm always interacting with the fans. There's no, uh, there's no problem with me. I'm cool with that. I've always been like that. If if you ask anybody in Miami who actually met me, they're the same way. They're like, hey, D Rice gonna take pictures. He's gonna talk to you. He'll shoot with you in the gym. He, you know, that's what I do. Um, so uh, they can reach me there. They can they can always write me anytime. You know, as soon as you wrote me, I wrote right back. Right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I was I was thrilled to be able to get a hold of you so fast. Uh, Darius, have a lot of fun, man, this weekend in Houston. It's all super exciting for everyone down here, and I appreciate you hanging out with us today. Thank you, man. Oh, yeah, man, anytime. That was fun. Darius was great. If you, you know, a lot of times I know people like watching the interviews, listening to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. That's what's most beneficial for me in the show. But a lot of you guys like to check out the video, youtube.com slash show. You could check out the video of Darius, but his connection wasn't great. The audio was fine. But the video, not so great. So you could check that out if you want to see Darius. But, uh, you know, the audio is, is, is pretty much where it's at. But appreciate him hanging out with us there. I'll still post it on YouTube. You can check it. Like, the video's okay, but it's not great the whole time. The audio there, I'm pretty sure was fine. So, anyway, appreciate him joining us there on the program. And, of course, confirming the Perry Clark party animal stuff for me and my friends. Hey, it's that time of show, right? You dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Is that a big deal? Is it not a big deal? I don't know, but you got to find out. Water Cleanup of Florida, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They'll let you know if it's a big deal. Call or text 954-900-8635. 954-900-8635. Let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you if your leak or damage is a big deal. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. First up here. So, the Washington Commanders... They're on the verge of being sold. Apparently, the offer right now is in excess of $6 billion, with a B, like boy, $6 billion. And 
while it's a good thing, let's get this piece of trash Dan Snyder out of here. He's garbage. He's practically a slumlord there with the commanders. But here's the thing. This dude, I mean, the behavior has been so bad. The environment that he created there within the commander's organization. So the NFL wants him out. And he gets rewarded. He's getting $6 billion. So I'm going, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because they're getting him out of here potentially. But also because, like, there's no punishment. He's getting $6 billion. It's weird how that works. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday, the Golden State Warriors come from behind victory at home against the New Orleans Pelicans. Super chippy game. Obviously based on Draymond Green. Draymond Green early in the game got called for a flagrant foul because he body-checked Brandon Ingram. Not a basketball play. And then they get in each other's face. Draymond can't understand why a double technical foul. He's yelling, how, how, how? He, how were you not, Draymond, how were you not thrown out of the game? And then a couple plays later, there's another altercation where he practically kicks a player, falls on top of him. He's out of control. He loves it, though. Here's Draymond Green post game. Draymond, you did it defensively. You did it playmaking wise. You did it some other ways too, but ultimately, what was the deciding factor and how you guys were able to come back and get this win? Uh, we started playing with some heart and intensity. Those first, uh, that first quarter and a half, they punked us. And we were down 20. It take a real one to talk when you're down 20. And I was able to get my guys going, and then they started doing what they do, and I can do what I do. What got you going? You were going down them in that second quarter. What got you to that level? Uh, five BI. Good hard foul, and CJ started talking. You know, you don't start talking, play, play the game, and just enjoy what y'all were doing. They were playing a good game, and he started talking, and that's my type of game. I like that. That's, that's what I do. I grew up in Saginaw, Michigan. That's how we play. And so once they wanted to go there, I enjoyed that. So- I'm going not a big deal right now. He has, I think, I think that's 16 technical fouls. Maybe it's 18. He's pro- he's, if that's the case, he's going to be suspended the next game. I'm not 100% sure. He's telling you there that he it, it'll be rescinded. Why would it be rescinded? He's lucky he wasn't thrown out. Why would you give this guy the benefit of the doubt? But I'm going not a big deal. All right. Once you get to the postseason, they're going to give him even more leeway, these referees, when we get to the postseason. I don't believe he's going to wind up getting thrown out of games in the postseason. They let this guy get away with everything. So I'm going not a big deal unless something big happens in the postseason. Big deal or not a big deal. Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday broke the story. Wojbomb, Hall of Fame class of 2023. Dwayne Wade is the headliner. We knew he was getting in. Dwayne Wade, Hall of Fame class of 2023. You better believe he's the headliner. The And this is a monster Hall of Fame class. Look at the inductees. Dirk Nowitzki, yes, Dwayne Wade, he headlines. Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Pal Gasol, Greg Popovich, Becky Hammond. That's a monster Hall of Fame class. Headlined by Dwayne Wade. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Kevin Durant, he's missed the last 10 games. It's expected to finally make his Phoenix Suns home debut tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's a big deal. The Suns fans have not seen him in person yet. Can he get through the game? Can he get through the layup line? That's a big deal tonight, Kevin Durant making his debut. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, last night, Tracy McGrady, NBA on TNT, the Tuesday night crew, you know Adam Lefko, he hosts that group right there. 
McGrady was filling in for Shaquille O'Neal. Had some type of procedure done in the hospital. Yo, love you, Shaq. Get better, man. I, I, I don't think it's serious. But McGrady was in for Shaq. And uh, McGrady kind of lit up the heat. I look at this Miami roster, and they, they got to revamp this. If you look at this team, they don't have a, a number one option that attracts a lot of attention. This is without Jimmy Butler. This is without Jimmy yeah. Butler, right? So without Jimmy Butler, they don't have great athleticism on their team. I think they're a slow team. And for the, the players that they have, they need someone to get them shots, mm. right? They don't have many guys like one-on-one players that a lot of the, these other teams have to create shots and create for others. Well, look, the Heat have the postseason to change that narrative, but I've talked about it recently. This team loses in the first round four years together this quarter. That's a long time in the NBA. McGrady's probably right. You're probably going to see some, see some real changes in the offseason if the Heat don't get something significant done. At least get past the first round. It's hard to disagree with anything McGrady's saying there. So I'm, I'm going not a big deal because it, it, it's you can't you can't disagree, and that right there is another addition, a big deal or not a big deal. If you got a leak in your home or your business, you got to find out if it's a big deal or not a big deal. Call Water Cleanup of Florida 954-900-8635. Call or text 954-900-8635. Hey, thanks to Alan Hahn for joining us today. Thanks to Darius Rice for joining us today. We're only three sleeps away. From the final four feature in the Miami Hurricanes. Also FAU Owls, don't forget. Three sleeps away. It's also WrestleMania week. Got WrestleMania on Saturday night too. And Sunday night. Two nights. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. What a week. What a week. Thanks to everyone who, who put together a great show today. All your hard work. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies for both trailers and motorhomes, let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry. 
They specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. 